Good morning. Finally, get up here to get to speak. <laughs> Not just joke. <laughs> it's great, isn't it? Hey, well, good morning, Life Center. Are you enjoying the heat wave? Yes! My weather has finally arrived. I can breathe. <laughs> I love it, man. <laughs> I'm alive. Or should I say good morning, everyone? How are you doing? <laughs> Cheerio, old chop. Somehow sounds more anointed, doesn't it? Like, what is that? It's not fair. Like David prays in our, David more prays in our staff prayer. We're like, just pray, man. Just like, it's just, we all just get quiet. We're like, so anointed. Like, really? So I pray I sound like a British person this morning too. God, just translate that supernaturally, right? <laughs> hey, well, good morning, good morning. So, um, I'm excited. God dropped this word in my heart, but I just want to just review. I've taken some time. I know we have on our website, you can look at all the messages, even on our YouTube channel, your Life Center Ministries YouTube, and you can get all our messages on there. It's really good. So if you don't know that, I know it's an awareness to the people my age and older, like you can go back and watch them, which is really good. So I've gone back the last couple weeks and just had fun listening. Four weeks ago, this amazing Mike Humphrey speaks and he says, we're going to transition. So we're going to do three things, practice zeal, walk in humility, and live in purity. I was like, that's good. Like just one person speaking, you know, and then we got to the following week where Charles talked about the voice of peace in the storm. Isn't it good? You guys remember that? And he said, vocalize and walk in peace. And I said, well, he says, we are not meant to stay silent. Three prayers God always answers. Thank you, help, and more, Lord. Did you remember that? I was like, this is so simple, isn't it? We don't have to make them complex. And he said, I love the statement. He says, the news is a cycle of hopelessness, fear, and, and anxiety. I thought, oh, how true. And I'm a newsie, so I've been denoozing my spirit and my heart and my soul regularly on a good basis. But a couple weeks ago, we had Jolene Pickens. You remember Jolene? Like, how articulate. Yes, give her a hand. So good. And um, she said this great statement. She just says it in passing. You're like, we're always changed in the presence of God. We never come out or away from his presence the same way we went in. And I was like, I just got stuck there. I'm like, I didn't hear after that. It's like, this is so good. And I know we know this, but when you hear people say it, and then Shandi last week, man, does these three inheritances. Did you guys remember that? What like unravels this maze. It was brilliant. And he ended with the inheritance of transformation. I thought, God, I want to be, I want to be in on this. And we are, aren't we? A part of this body. Why am I saying that? Because I know it was easier the first service because most of the staff was out for the, uh, um, members and they weren't here. But I want to just, it's good to say about our team. We have been very blessed. Uh, Marcy and I, John and Patty running together with the stocks for, we've known each other for 35 years, 34. We've been at this, uh, you know, whatever you want to call it, this ministry for that many years. And it's been awesome. I mean, we've had some tough times, some great times, some times like, oh, you're making me crazy, you know. And, but we're so blessed to have each other and really blessed to have all the team that is working together. You know what I mean? For David to come back and say, yeah, I'm going to camp here in Harrisburg, David and John Leach and people like Chandi and Sarah Thomas and Mike and Liz Humphrey. I could just go on and on. Ben and Marcy Evenson and Edgar and Yadira, Castagnon. They're like so, I'm like, I love, just keep talking. Yadira is so good. Anyhow, the team is wonderful. I mean, Nathan and Katie Hurst to be a part. Nathan is like, why is this guy not famous across the universe for songwriting, like in playing? So I'm crazy. I love it. Sorry, it's just good to boast. And then John and Tiffany Aiken, all these guys could be doing their own thing. And we are so blessed to have a team like this pastoral coverage. And uh, Rich and Linda Brink for coming. We're going to join you guys. I'm like, oh, I'm honored. People have had like 35 years of ministry. Just, we'll just help you. I'm like, yes, you can help us. So thank you. And I could go on and on about the team, but you know, Rick and Jolene Pickens, just wealth of wisdom and insight. Just uh, so many more in our team, but it's okay to say that once in a while, isn't it? Because I know we don't say it, but I can say it about the team because I love it. You know, we've been at this, so we're going to be at this for a while too. We're not, none of us are planning on going anywhere. Isn't that good? I think. And if God leads different ones to go out and start, maybe that'll happen. We'll 
we'll see what God does. But we are very, I mean, we've, all of us had opportunities and we've chosen to stay in this. And it's, it's unusual. How else can I say it? Spirit-filled churches don't do that. Guys are like, oh, follow this shiny thing, follow this, you know. And it's like, thank you that we're in this together. That makes sense. Sorry, sounds really weird. We're not weird, okay? So, all right, it's good to say these things. That's not my word for today. Anyhow, so I believe, my word for today is the body of Christ. I believe we're in this great position to, we have an opportunity to score, if I can say it that way, because I think sports mind, score against the enemy, okay? And you're thinking, really, 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 but I really believe with all that's happening in this nation around the world, it appears the enemies of the kingdom are like, they're attacking us like never before, spirit-filled people, and they are, okay? But I believe if we're awake, we, that we'll be aware that we have this great opportunity like never before to advance the kingdom of God. Now, hear me out. You're like, wow, really, dude? Really, things are going worse. Nope, well, really. Let me just use a couple examples. Anybody familiar with soccer? Any soccer players? Any soccer moms, all right? Any former soccer players out there? Soccer dads, whatever you want to call it. But soccer, just by the way, is the mo- more youth are involved in soccer than any other sport across our nation. Why are we not good at this game yet? I don't know. We're going to learn, all right? <laughs> Somewhere down <laughs> another generation or something. But you're going to see this video. This is called the counterattack. And this is something in soccer that happens. And I have soccer players. I'm probably not doing anything great because I was not a soccer player. But the counterattack is, appears when opponents about to score and they get the ball down in and you're thinking the team's going to score and the ball changes hands. The other team has this incredible counterattack. They advance the ball up the up the field as fast as they can and score. It's crazy. I know you're seeing Messi and Ronaldo and some of these superstars on there, but it's really, if you've ever been to a game, I remember going to someone, Michael's game, it's a D1 soccer game team with the U.S. Military Academy, and he's got to, and the game is so fast, it freaks you out. So when it looks like the team's about to score, even getting the ball in the box, there's this counterattack, they take the ball and they go up the field because the team's not ready to defend. They're all down. Does that make sense? Are you with me? So stay with me on some. I'm just trying to get you to get this point, all right? It's crazy and super exciting if you've ever seen it. I know you see this, like, they make it look easy. It's not that easy, all right? And uh, it's just awesome. So um, anybody watch boxing, all right? We're going to switch to boxing. Big Thor, like, boxing on Sunday morning, Brian? I never have watched boxing in my life. So this is pretty violent for Sunday morning, so stay with me. You're like, wowzer. So I'm not showing the slow motions, which I actually want to show, but this is um, it's a counterpunch, okay? You're like, get through that, and you're like, I'll start talking when you're done. There we go. Isn't that great? Anyhow. <laughs> But um, our, our dad, John, our dad was a, a Golden Glove boxer in military school and he had four sons, so he taught us a few things about boxing. Not to start a fight, but if you're in a fight, you know how to deal with it. But there's this thing they call the counterpunch. And the counterpunch is when you, the opponent is about to land a big one. Not just a jab, but they open up and they're about to do a big hit. They usually drop their guard. They usually drop their defense, and if you're a good boxer, you, that's your time to, you can get a shot at. As you saw, if you put those in slow motion, you see, look, the one guy's about to land one, and the other guy drops them, which is amazing if you're like a boxing fan. If you're like, you think it's too violent? I don't know, what to do with you. MMA, it's not less violent. All right, sorry, sorry, skip on down. You're like, wow, I need to get saved again. No, no, all right, all right. Excuse me, Um, these are, you saw all the clips, all right? (laughs) Excuse me, any basketball players here? Basketball fans here, that's probably what we should say. You're like, really, Ryan, I don't play that game anymore. But there's this really great skill in basketball called fast transition offense. This is when a team, the ball comes off the rim or it's, it's taken out of bounds and the team brings it up the court as fast as they can and scores before the team gets back on defense. And this is really amazing if you've ever been to games, and I've been in some big games where guys are like, Wah! you know, sitting courtside with some serious athletes that are giant people, you know, and they make it look easy. But the fast transition, the funny thing I've watched, I've watched teams that aren't as good as their opponent beat the team because they have a great fast transition offense. Anybody with me? Isn't it great? I remember learning as a kid, a new coach I had came in and said, look, we're going to beat teams and we were not that good. Anyhow, it was like, it's awesome. but it's smart basketball. That's what I'm saying, okay? 
Why am I talking about this? Because I believe God is the greatest. There they are still in fast transition. You see Dwayne Wade takes it down. And you're like, goodbye. He loves it. Anyhow, it's so fun. Any sports enthusiasts? Come on. Have playoffs right now? Celtics? No. Uh, no, I'm not going to say anything else. Right. All right. So why am I talking this? Because I believe God is the greatest counterpuncher in the world, like in the history forever will be. He's the greatest fast transition offense that will ever be. He's the greatest counterattacker that ever happened, all right? And why am I saying this over and over? As you look in the stories of the Bible, you see this happening, okay? You can go through the Old Testament. It's just unending, or it looks like the other team's going to score. If I can say it, the opponent's going to crush the people of God, and God turns it around, all right? Remember, Israel's freaked out when, they, when they're like going to the Red Sea. They get to the Red Sea, they're like, hey, big guy, you have a plan. You know, the guy's way in the back of the million whatever march. You know they're like, do you have a plan? Because they're coming, galloping towards us, you know, and God like parts the Red Sea, they go through and draw land, and they're, the Egyptians are annihilated. You remember the story? That was a good story, Brian. Okay, hey, stay with me. I know it's a little coffee's wearing off. I can feel it. All right, so it's all kinds of stories. You read this, but they're free, finally free, but it didn't look good at the time, didn't it? How about the story of Jehoshaphat? Anybody know the story of Jehoshaphat? They got the Moabites and the Ammonites and the whateverites, the Meunites, and these guys are gathered to destroy Jehoshaphat, it says. And it says they were vastly outnumbered. This is all in 2 Chronicles 20. It's in the Bible, okay? You're like, really? And the Spirit of the Lord comes upon this guy named Jehazel, Jehazel, and he says in verse 15, 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 15, he says, thus says the Lord to you, do not, be, do not fear or be dismayed because of this great multitude. I'd be like, really, pal? Um, because the battle's not yours, but God's. Then he goes to 16. He says, go down against them, behold. And then verse 17, skip to that one. It says, you need not fight in this battle. Station yourselves, stand and see the salvation of the Lord. You guys remember this? On your behalf, O Judah and Jerusalem, do not fear to be dismayed. Tomorrow we're going to go, go out to face them, for the Lord is with you. And that's the part he said, isn't, isn't the battle the Lord's? And why do I have to go out and face them? Did you ever feel that? Lord's like, I got you. Now go. You're like, whoa, 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 whoa. I thought you got it, God. <laughs> so I'm going to go face these guys? What's the plan? I need four steps. I don't need the one. I need four. Anybody else like me? Anyhow, you're like, what is happening? But it's crazy. What it's, it looks like he's, you know, anyhow, it skips down to verse 20, one of my favorite thousand scriptures. And the second part of verse 20 says, put your trust in the Lord, your God, and you will be established. Put your trust in the prophets and you'll succeed. That's a whole other message because <laughs> you can be established when you start trusting prophets are weird, right? They're crazy. Sorry. And we've had some among us like, doo, 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 doo. what are you doing today? I don't know, man. It's like, sorry. I'm, honestly, we've had prophets come here. We, we celebrate the prophetic, right? So to shorten the whole story, Jehoshaphat goes in, all these guys begin singing and worshiping. Remember that? Give thanks to the Lord for his loving and kindness and during whatever, whatever current song you pick, because that's really bad. All right. As they begin singing, these guys just kill each other. Like what? They just kill each other. That's the game plan, all right? Here's the counterpunch, worship. Really, God? That's the counterpunch, worship. Can you imagine, like, what is happening here? It's so crazy, isn't it? Here's another story about Gideon. You guys remember the guy Gideon in the Bible? Uh-huh. Just shake your head. Just make me feel good. And then like, at least I'll tell you about it, right? But this guy's lived with discouragement, despair. Like, he's, he's lived with fear and intimidation for years. The whateverites, the Midianites, rule over these guys for seven years. They take all the crop. They strip their land. They crush them all the time. And this wonderful little angel comes to Gideon. So it calls him a mighty warrior. Judges chapter 6, verse 12 in the Bible. And he says, you're a mighty warrior. And I love the responses. I remember doing a message years ago about all these different responses in the Bible. You know what I mean? There's like John the Baptist. Behold, the Lamb of God who's come away. You know what I mean? And then there's Mary. Be it unto me according to thy word, Lord. That was not Gideon's response. Are you with me? Gideon was like, are you, are you talking to me? Like, shut up. Do you know the plan here, buddy? My 
family's the poorest in town, right? And in my family, I'm like little tycoon. I'm the peewee. I'm the loser of the family, right? He says that. He's like, no, no, really. It's crazy. Isn't it how God does that stuff, says stuff? Anyhow, Gideon gets his whole army together and they got 32,000 guys, all right? You guys know the story? Just sum it up for you. 32,000 people against 135,000 Midianites. Is that nuts? Like, 32,000, we're like, we need to collect another 100,000, right? If we're going to win this battle. And he goes, you got too many guys. It gets down to 22,000. Now you got too many guys. Let's go down to 10. Now let's go to 300. 300 against 135,000. What does it look like? Looks like it's all over, doesn't it? Team's about to score big time, aren't they? The ball is in the box. It is happening. <laughs> this is the deal. And Gideon gives this. This is so whacked. And here's the plan. This is it. Um, get some trumpets and some torches inside some clay pots. Like, can you imagine the guy who just enlisted in the army? Like, no, I'm out. Peace. Like, I'm going AWOL with another 10,000. You had to, like, question them. They lost their blessed minds. You know what I mean? I don't know how else to say it. And Gideon gives this command. Sorry, I'm enjoying this. Judges chapter 7. And he gets to verse 22. And they blow their trumpets. And they break their pots and loud noises. And they wave their torches. And the Midianites are so freaked out. There's three groups of 100 that surround these guys. And they think they're like completely surrounded. And they just kill each other. It's like nuts. Like, this is crazy. They didn't sing. They just like Oh, like, what are we doing? That's the plan. I'd let God. Torches really show up in the dark, don't they? But what a serious counterpunch. Do you know what I mean? All appearances, they're going to get slammed. And they're like, no, we got 300 tough guys. Like, really, I need 300,000 tough guys. But isn't it amazing? It's a great example of God counterpunching the enemy. Now, listen, stay with me, okay? I love the story about Elijah and the prophet. You know Elijah the prophet? Remember, he challenges the prophet to Baal, 450 guys. He goes, good, you build your altar, I'll build my altar, right? Remember that? And he says, whoever God answers by fire is, the, is, our, is God. And they're like, yeah, good plan, all right? You know, even if we don't, we're going to kill you and we outnumber you. Isn't I mean, that would be my thought. Like, we got you, bud. You're dead meat either way. You know what I mean? And these guys build their altar and go after it. And if you read it in today's language, they literally start slam dancing halfway through the day. Like, I don't know. Let's create a mosh pit. They're like, oh, they're like freaking out. And he's mocking them. He's just like, look, wait, maybe he's taking a nap. Maybe your God's... Going to the bathroom is actually a little translation. Isn't that crazy? He literally says it. Like, what it is? Anyhow, study that. It's crazy. So then, anyhow, he mocks him. It's so great. And then, he, and then he builds his altar, and he pours water on it three times. Now, what you have to know is there's a huge drought going on. So he's like, we're just going to waste it. Like, they've, you literally think anybody that's a friend of Elijah, like, he's lost it. The prophet has snapped. He's lost his mind. Putting water on this? Just hope that God answers, you know. But it's so cool. He builds his altar. First Kings chapter 18, verse 38. And the fire of the Lord fell and consumed it all. What a great counterpunch. Like, really, it looks like it's over. He counterpunches. Amazing. Verse 39. This is such a good scripture. He said, when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and they said, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. Duh. Like he's, <laughs> and then Elijah just takes him down by the brook and kills them all. Like, that's the one little line. He just takes 450 guys like and kills them. What does he look like? Mr. Braveheart? Like, <gasps> and he's just bloody mess at the end of the day. Do you picture this stuff? You got a picture. Well, I'm picturing it for you. All right, there you go. <laughs> but he kills them all. And then that's the end of the story. Like, next, I'm like, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> what an amazing warrior, okay? Anyhow, when it looks bleak, when it looks like it's all over, I just want to encourage you. Come on, when everything looks dismal, God can change it all, okay? I want to encourage you. Why am I saying this? It's like amazing. God is the greatest counterpuncher. No one else does it like this. Remember Jesus raised up Lazarus from the dead? And they said, hey, bud, if you want to bid here a few days ago, we wouldn't be in this situation. I would have been bugged, but he's like, no, this is the perfect time. And he shows and raises from the dead. Isn't it awesome? 
Now, why am I saying this? Because the world is wrecked right now. Do you know that? We live in a systems world that is failing, a world system that is failing over and over every day. Everything, I mean, the mountains of influence, you know what I'm talking about? The mountains of influence. Some people are seven, there's nine, there's 11. There's all these influences that they said everyone, I mean, I was looking at it and appearing. This is my opinion. Things are messed up, aren't they? And I personally believe the church, the kingdom of God, has this great opportunity to counterpunch the enemy. If we're awake, if we're aware this will happen, I think we can do this. Are you with me? Just if we tune in and say, God, what are you doing here? But look at education. That's a huge mountain of influence. It is so messed up right now. People are like, what is happening with our education system? And you know, I believe Christians are believers, spirit-filled believers are raising up like never before. I just read a statistic that they said the last three years, consistently, Christian schools have, have had a double-digit increase. Christian school startups have had a double-digit increase, and most of them have waiting lists waiting. Isn't that awesome? I think we're in agreement. We're going to do it at school here. Just let's get the right time. Are you with me? Come on. God is on this, guys. I remember three years ago at Andrew Sherman in a men's meeting, I felt the Lord speak to him. I went right to Charles. I said, Charles, I know that I know. He's like, wow, you're not a Christian school guy. All your kids went to public school. I said, yeah, but we're in a situation now. If, can you imagine people of God grabbing the entire education system? It's like a, it's the opportunity's gold, isn't it? Most of the schools, if you read it now, yeah, the statistics right now, so many schools have eliminated the arts and, and, and like music, art, they're just taking them out of the budget. I'm like, oh, what an opportunity. Let's do a school of music. Let's do a school of the arts for, for children. Do you know what I mean? To raise them in this thing? Johanna's doing this, like training kids to dance. It's amazing, isn't it? But I think like, even that arts and entertainment mountain, this is an opportunity for spirit-filled believers. They're just going to be acting, just be dancing, just doing their thing, and they're going to shine. The whole world's going to like, what is it about you? It's just the spirit of the Lord upon me. Just being who I've been created to be, growing up in a house, a, a, a spirit, you know, a presence-driven church like this, and they're just being themselves. Are you with me? Come on, guys, this is a great time to shine like never before. We've got wacko people in the arts and entertainment. It's a time where like, huh, I'll, I'll, yeah, we can listen to this person because they have the spirit of God in them. Isn't that awesome? Come on, if, I'm going to do this because David encouraged me. If you're a person and you feel like arts and entertainment is your mountain you're in, come on, just stand to your feet real quick. Come on, all this room. I don't care if it's media. We can include media in there. Music, you're a songwriter, you're a dancer, you're an artist. Come on, you're a visual artist. Just stay standing, right? Come on, church, stretch out your hands to these guys. God, we pray. Come on. Fill them, with, fill them with power and life. God, flow through them, blow through them in such a way we've never seen before. Come on, God, we pray, fill them up. Use them mightily to bring massive influence in this area, God. Come on, God, we pray that your people would oh, rule over this area of arts and entertainment. In Jesus' name, bless these guys. Bless everything they put their hand and their hearts to. In Jesus' name, can you say amen? Amen. amen. Come on. That's good. So great. Do you, you feel what I'm feeling right now? Do you get it? When government's so messed up, their government's wrecked. They're trying to create policy over policy and things are contradicting one another. I thought, God, you're raising up spirit-filled believers like never before. Do you know that? Running for office. Local, state, federal places. Like God is raising people up unashamed. They're, they know who they are. They know whose they are. And they're being kingdom people. Isn't that powerful? Come on, guys. It's a time for the kingdom to God to advance. I'm like, let's go. People that are unafraid and unashamed. I'm like, let's go after it, all right? Come on, I just, I believe God is doing this so powerfully. And I believe it's a great opportunity for the church to really be the church. That's one of the big mountains, the church that loves people and loves God without any hooks. 
Are you with me? Come on, thousands of presence-driven churches being growing across this nation and the nations of the world. And they're not interested in being making anybody famous. The only big dog is God, all right? That's what we're into. He's the one we want to make famous. We've been praying this for 35 years. God, just keep us hidden. We want people to meet you, okay? They meet us. We've, they got issues. We want them to meet you, and you'll solve things in their lives. Are you there? Are you with me? Come on, it's so powerful. And I thought, God, what a great time. And it's a great time for the church to show the family. That's an amazing time. There's so much confusion on the family. We have people that have come in here for 10 years going, show me how to do family. I was raised, my family was messed up. I don't know how to do family the kingdom way. As little as much as Marsh and I, we talk to them, like, we'll tell you this. This is what we did. This is what we're doing now. We don't know, but we know the word of God. And we know our living God. Are you with me? It's a great time to be who God's called us to be. Do what God's called us to do. The family will shine. People, the whole world, they don't know what they're doing. Like, I don't know, we'll have two dads, we'll have two moms, we'll do whatever. They don't even know what's happening. They're like, they're longing for the truth, and we have it. That good? Does this encourage you? It's an opportunity, folks. Come on, it's a great time to be a spirit-filled business person. Wherever you are, I don't care if you're working for the company, you know, Lois Totem Pole, be the best employee and let your light shine like never before. You'll be a business owner, a business leader. Man, practice righteousness in everything you put your hand to. It's a time to show the kingdom of God. And businesses are crooked, all messed up. They're like, oh, that's how you do it. That's how we do it long-term, Bob. It's awesome, isn't it? Are you with me? Do you see the opportunity? You see the, this, this right there. I'm like, ah, oh, come on, business people displaying righteousness in all that they touch. Help us, Holy Spirit. Amen? Are you with me? Come on. Right now, I, you know, I'm a newsy guy. I read this stuff. But the more people in this nation, they're unhappy with the way that things have gone in this country in the, in the more than two decades. I'm like, oh, that's an opportunity for the kingdom of God to shine. Are you, you with me? It's such a good time. It's a great opportunity for a great transition, a great counterattack, a great counterpunch. All right? Okay, Brian, that's all up there in that theory. What do we do this personally? How do we do this personally? Really basic, all right? And each of these stories I mentioned to you and a zillion more stories you can look through the Bible, all these people did one thing. The first thing they did was pray. They asked God. They had a communication with God. They got their backs against the wall. What do we do? They cried out to God. They had a, they had a prayer life. If you don't have a prayer life, begin to talk to God. I don't care if you talk to God driving in your car, whatever you're doing, all right? Begin to have this communication. God will answer your prayers. Are you with me? Come on. Prayer is one of the most powerful things we can do. We don't know what to do and we don't know how to pray. Pray in the spirit, right? That's the Jude 20. What are you gonna, the least that can happen, you're going to build yourself up as you pray in the spirit. It's so good. Come on, you guys know Ephesians 6. When you think of Ephesians 6, what do you think of? The armor of God, don't you? Like, oh, that's a great armor of God, right? We, we want everything we're bringing forth in truth, right? We want to live in right relationship with God and with other people around us. Are you there? Come on. We want to, we want to be prepared to share the gospel wherever you go, in peace, not like wackos, all right? <laughs> and we're going to walk. We can only live this life. We, live it, we have to live it by faith. Come on. We're not holding the shield. Oh, live by faith. No, I'm living my life by faith. This is how we do it, Right? Come on, we got salvation as a helmet. God's covering our lives. We're using the word of God, speaking the word of God, declaring the word of God, rehearsing the word of God. Are you there? But he gets to that whole, under that whole armor part, and he says this really great part in verse 18. And he says, then pray. He says, with all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the spirit. Isn't that amazing? Covers all we think about is the armor. He's like, no, no, no. The whole point of putting all the armor is now pray. I thought, ah, oh, the accent. We've had the accent on the wrong syllable, right? It's like, let's get it on the right thing. Come on, isn't that great? And right before he gets there, he reminds us in the verse 12, before he even gets to those parts, he says, look, folks, flesh and blood is not your enemy. That's really the challenge today, isn't it? Because you see people filled with the spirit of anger, a spirit of rage. And you're like, whew, 
It's the spirit. It's not them. You know what I mean? It's the part where we're constantly reminding ourselves. But he says to them, look, your, your fight isn't against, spirit, it's against flesh and blood. It's against the spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly places. So powerful. Okay? So number one, we're going to pray. Number two, do what he tells you to do. Be obedient. This is really one of those things. I think it's one of the most difficult things the way God made us. I don't know why, but we get stuff, but to walk it out is a harder thing. Anybody else struggle with that? Even when I get messages, I don't want to pollute it or dilute it. I want to get it the way God gave it to me and speak it out. That's a challenge, isn't it? Remember Bill Johnson saying, I was like, ah, okay, everybody struggles with this. But doing what he says to do accurately is really important. If you look at all those accounts I just read, these guys, literally Elijah says, I did exactly what you told me to do. Just like, I, just like you told me to do the altar. I didn't brag and go get water. I did put the water on because you told me to do it. He did it just as the Lord spoke. Every one of them. And I think, ah, oh, God, give us the spirit of obedience. You know what I mean? Years ago, a guy spoke on this message called the violent obedience. And I was like, oh, give us violent obedience. We're going to obey the Lord no matter what. You there? You tracking? Come on. So do what he says. Obedience, okay? Obedience keeps our house from getting destroyed in the storms. Are you with me? Two guys both build houses. They both heard the word. They both knew the word. They both came to church all the time. One guy did the word and one guy didn't. One guy did the word. His house stayed. Like, help us. For 50, 60, 80, whatever our years are in the life, like, our house is going to stand. Amen? Come on. Are you there? So we're going to pray. We're going to obey. Next one is worship. Worship is such a weapon. If you haven't already done this, I don't know how I encourage you, but begin to make worship part of your daily life. I mean, it's amazing. You can worship in your car. You can worship when you wake up in the morning. Worship when you go to bed. Alexa will play any worship song you want her to play, all right? Are you there? <laughs> Whatever, it, play. I'm like, Alexa, play. It's like, this is so nice. And we've got the greatest worship music on the planet today, honestly. You might like your old hymns, but it's really good, don't you think? I'm like, ah. When Ellie was singing that this morning, my spirit's screaming. I'm like, what words to articulate are like, ah, you hear my heartbeat beating. I'm like, ah, this is really good, isn't it? Anybody else enjoy it? I'm like, thank you, God. Thank you. So good. But worship is such a weapon. Do it all the time. Remember, Marcy, we were having our kids were little. She changed diapers and just begin worshiping. I'm like, how do you, ah, that's amazing. But you can worship in your car and be a maniac. Make it to your altar. I don't care. You can do it all the time, and it's, it's just so good. Why am I saying this? Because worship, he comes and inhabits our worship. He comes and settles down in the midst of our praise. It's so powerful. There's nothing like it on the earth. That's why we give space to it, folks. We want, we're into the presence more than anything else, okay? Then some guy up here yakking, but the worship is really great, right? <laughs> he lives in it. Come on. Well, this is a great way to counterpunch, okay? Here's another way we counterpunch. Love, 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 love all the time, okay? We got a miserable, angry, depressed, <laughs> discouraged, helpless, help, hopeless, frustrated world, and we can just love people. It's amazing. I just literally do this, I mean, discipline myself when I go into a store. Like, God, if I run into anybody, I'm just going to love them. I don't care what happens here. You know what I mean? Don't have a bad hair day. Have a good hair day every day. You can do that, honestly. I know it's just the attitude of your heart, but you get an opportunity to shine. Like, the people are, their world's messed up. You, you love people. They're like, wow. It deflates every argument. It's so great, isn't it? Remember three weeks ago when I was mentioning about Charles speaking, he did three weeks ago, he talked about the, the fruit of the Spirit. Remember in Galatians chapter 5? And I got stuck because he read, the, you know, he read the whole thing, you know, love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, gentleness, and all that in verse 22. And then he got to verse 23 and he said, against these things, there's no law. What do you mean? There's nothing that can legally stop those forces of life. 
Nothing can negate them. Nothing can hold them back. No one can stop your joy from coming out. No one can stop love from flowing out of you. Isn't that awesome? He's like, nothing can stop these. I thought, oh, what an opportunity. There we go, baby. <laughs> Peace, patience, goodness, kindness. Just let this thing come out. People come and just take a bite out of your life. And go like, I don't know why you taste so good. They don't even know what they're tasting. They're tasting the, the, the fruit of his spirit. Isn't that awesome? They taste and see that the Lord is good just by having a conversation with you. It's awesome. It's like, thank you, God. All right? Okay, lastly, we go, we, we, we counterpunch the enemy by going low. This is my wife's statement for the last five years. We're just going to go low, man. We're going to go low. I'm like, what do you mean? It's humility. Clothing yourselves with humility. God gives grace to the humble, but he opposes the proud. What does it mean? I don't want to have any pride or arrogance or anything. Like, God, help us, all right? God's attracted to humility. I don't know what to do. Help me. That's a good place, all right? Even if you know what to do. God, I want to know what to do. <laughs> You're pretty smart people in here, I know. But it's like, that's a big deal, isn't it? Philippians chapter 2, I just got to read it. Verses 3 through 5. Do nothing, nothing, nothing. This slays me when I read it. From selfishness or empty conceit. But with humility, consider one another as more important than yourself. Do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interests of others. Have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus. Pretty amazing, isn't it? God, keep us from trying to be something we're not. Can you say it? Come on. God, keep us from being, trying to big the deal, be the big deal. Deliver us from pride and arrogance. Are you with me? Come on. Self-promotion, arrogance. We've, we've prayed this for years together, a few of us. Like, God, we forbid any, any domination, manipulation, intimidation. We forbid any pride and arrogance. We want you to be the big thing here. Are you there? We want people to meet God when they come in this place. So let's serve one another. Put others first. That's what Jesus said. He said he came not to be served, but to serve and give his life away. That's a good reminder, isn't it? In a crazy world that's just, it's all about me. It's like, no, I'll just help you. <laughs> really? It's really good, all right? Okay, stay with me one or two more minutes. We okay? We're almost there. I want to encourage those that feel like they've been in this, like, man, we've been in this battle. And I know we've had a battle for the last two or three years, just a crazy pandemic. But I remember Patty said it on Wednesday night, said, you know, rumors of wars and wars and pandemics, those things are going to happen. Stay the course. <laughs> those that endure to the end. And I want to pray for endurance for people who have been in the fight and you feel tired. You might feel worn out, right? You might even feel defeated. Like, no, the enemy has scored on me over and over and over again. And it's almost become a way of life for you. Now, I'm, I'm just treading out there, but it's almost like you're used to it. You might be used to depression, used to discouragement, used to contending with some kind of illness. That's not God's best for you, okay? Honestly, I, I shared in the first service, John and I grew up in a family, and we hit a crisis point when my last couple of years of high school and into college. It was horrible. Like, ah. And I remember us digging in and getting God coming into our family going like, God, we can do this. And it was a fight for a few years. But I remember getting tired. Like, and I was 19, 20. Like, what are we doing? You know, but some of us have gotten used to being depressed. I thought, God, change us. You're used to being overwhelmed. And I want to pray for strength and endurance today. Can we do that? Can you remember when David shows up to the battle and his brothers are there and he sees this giant taunting them? They said the giant, he taunted them for 40 days. 40 days is a long time for something to happen on a regular basis. Every day, every day, every day we're used to. I mean, everybody says 21 days makes a habit. 40 days, it becomes a stronghold. You know those guys are sitting there like, this is our life, man. We're just going to stand here. This guy's going to destroy all of us and kill us. And David shows up like, mm, let's go. <laughs> and he was just being himself because he was doing what he did out in the field all alone. I thought, God, help us to do the things alone so we do them when we need to do them. Does that make sense? This enemy mocks him. I was like, ah, but they got, they got used to it. I thought, God, delivers. Like, David got incensed, and these guys are like, this is the way it is. He's like, no, it's not. I thought, ah, how to do this, all right? 
Are you with me? Um, I'm going to show a video. This is the last thing I'll show. I'm going to show a video, and you'll see a picture of a car come up here. This is a car that Marcy and I and John and Patty rented, and we were in San Francisco last fall. Went to visit family of our brother in Southern California, uh, sister in Northern California. And we went into downtown San Francisco and um, parked. We had a rental car. And what you're going to see is professional thieves break into this car. In 24 seconds, they take our bags. And you're like, oof. And I'd love to say um, I was this real spiritual person. I prayed for them. But I was like, nope. I'm going to set a trap. I'm going to go get another car. And the reason they could tell, it had a sticker on the right rear window and the left front window. And they're identified as rental cars from the, from the airport. And because I called the rental company and explained it to them. And they said, oh, this happens all the time. And I'm like, you know, you think he could have warned us to pay attention? Sorry, side note, love rental car companies. Bless you if you work for them. You could help change that. All right, anyhow. <laughs> so, but my first thought, like John lives like, I'm going to find him. <laughs> he just starts marching around the block. <laughs> I'm sorry. And I'm like, let's get another car, put a bigger sticker on it, and wait for him. <laughs> like, we're going to figure this out in a hurry. So, I, and Marcy and Patty are praying. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, I literally look up and see a camera. I'm like, there's a camera. Someone's got to have a recording. Let's get it, you know. But John and I are just lurking. We're literally searching for ways to do something that's not very godly. So, anyhow, I'm just confessing my sin before you, all right? <laughs> so, anyhow. Excuse me, the, the part of this, you're like, why are you talking about this? Because the, the, the bumming, the depressing part is we go to San Francisco police station and they were just, yeah, this happens all the time. They were used to it and they said, we can't do anything. <laughs> John and I are like, you, you can't do anything? All right, we're going to get an army. We're going to do something. You know, honestly, sorry. Anyway, but they were like, we can't do anything. We've set a law that the DA set a law that anything under $1,200 is not prosecuted. They can't prosecute. And I'm thinking, like, this is crazy. Now, that same car you're going to see on here is a black A4, Audi A4, sorry, because I'm into cars. And I was like, I saw it the next, I saw it three times in the next four weeks on national TV. The one guy came out of the store and started running them, and they just pulled their guns out and started shooting at the guy. I'm like, this is deal. This is game on. Why am I saying it? Because the whole thing was depressing when the guy, like, we got used to it, and we just can't do anything about it. They're defeated. They're, they're hopeless. I'm like, you got to change the law. <laughs> Sorry. So watch the video. Sorry, it's a little, it frustrates me every time I watch it. <laughs> like, whoa, here they are, pulling up. Good day, everybody. <laughs> so they use this little cartridge on the back window. There's a tiny little cartridge. You set it on the window, it explodes the window. It's like literally seconds, boom. Pull two bags, another guy comes out, pull two bags. They keep their hoods up, can't see them. It's really well done. Now, I literally, when I watched over the next few weeks, different, different people happening this to, I got like, wow. And they're just watching this. How, what a bummer they get used to it. That's the part I thought, God, we can feel like it's just defeat. We live in defeat. We live in defeat. No way. Okay, that's not God's best for you, all right? So I want to pray for people that feel like they've been living in defeat or living, you might just be weary in the battle, all right? I love what Paul, what's that? We did. Oh, yeah, 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 the side note. 95% of the stuff we got out. These guys took it around a block, dumped everything, and there was a tag on a bag, and a store owner comes out and calls the police, and they call one of your cells. Anyhow, it's wild, and they said, this never happens. We're like, oh, that's good. Anyhow, but there's 5% to get back. I lost one of these with all my life notes, and I was like, ah, wonderful. So anyhow, we got most of it back. We're very thankful. Skip on down. Paul, I love what Paul writes to Timothy. This young man, Timothy, in first book of Timothy, he writes in chapter 6, in verse 12, he says, he goes on through all this stuff in verse 11. He says, look, man, pursue righteousness, pursue godliness, pursue faith, pursue love, gentleness. And he goes in verse 12, he says, and fight the good fight of faith. 
Why am I saying that? Because I remember someone told me when I first got saved, it's only a good fight if you win. I'm like, yeah, I was in a few fights. A few I won, a few I lost. The good ones are all the ones you win, (laughs) right? Anybody? (laughs) It's like, thank you. And I thought, man, my heart is that this community of Life Center, we wouldn't lose that fight of faith. And maybe you've been in that place like, I'm just tired and worn out, which rightfully could be in the last few years. Like we're homeschooling kids all of a sudden, like how's that work, you know? Uh, whatever it would be, but I want to pray for that strength and endurance. Come on, let's all stand. Are you okay to do that? So God, we just want to invite you. Come on, if you've been in the fight, like, man, I'm in the fight now, Brian, and I need some strength. You know, the, the, I love what the Bible says, those that endure to the end. The, uh, endurance is a real deal. Um, grit's a real deal. They've studied like the, the, the whole kinds of the Navy SEALs, the, the, the Army um, what do you call the army rangers? They've studied them and they said grit and endurance is a huge part of their makeup so those guys stay the course. So come on, I just want to open the altar. We're just going to do a general prayer for you guys. Come on, if you've been in a fight, it's like, yeah, I've been in it. I would love prayer. So just come up to the altar any way you want to, okay? We want to pray for you. Anybody and everybody who wants this. If you just want encouragement, maybe you've been discouraged and it's become a way of life, man, we want to pray. Just God, wash all the discouragement off your heart, okay? Can we do that? Come on, come on, come on, guys. Just... Mr. Team, all the pastors jump in and pray for people, put hands on people, just encourage them. And you, it's not like you're in sin, you're not doing anything wrong. You're just like, I've been in this battle, buddy. I need some guys beside me and around me and in front of me and, and, you know, helping me, all right? Come on, team, jump in here, guys. All, all the whole team, get in and pray for these guys. Holy Spirit, we pray. I pray right now, God. Come on, that grit, that endurance that you've put in my spirit, I know it's something you've put in me, God. I pray you release it on every person, not just the ones up front, but across this entire community. That, God, we would... Fight the good fight of faith. In this season, Father, I pray for a spirit of endurance. Come on, they would not stay down. They'd stand back up over and over when they get knocked down. Come on, they get back up and fight the good fight of faith. Holy Spirit, breathe on them. Come on, breathe fresh life, freshness. Come on, breathe newness in every heart in this room this morning, God. Holy Spirit, come. Come on, come on, guys. I see some people standing by themselves. Get around them. Come on, team, look around. Come on, Dylan, jump in. Some other pastoral team, we need you guys to jump in here. Holy Spirit, fill their lives to overflowing. Come on, God, we pray you'd change this, God. We pray you'd show yourself strong on their behalf. You'd show their great counterattack, the great counterpunch. Come on, God, do it all over their lives. Do it through them, despite them. It doesn't matter, God. Right? Do what only you can do, Father, we pray. God, you're the God of turnarounds. You're the God of great transition. God, do a fantastic transition in their lives, Father. In Jesus' name. Go ahead, Dave. Come on, sing.
up front just stay here on the smith's rest lord come on if you're standing back in the chair somewhere just lay a hand on somebody or connect to somebody who came with family and friends and god we thank you for this day we thank you for this season god we pray we'd be awake and aware of the opportunities that are in front of us around us every day god we pray there'd be an advancement of your kingdom like we've never seen father over the next three to five years we'd see your kingdom explode upon the earth god god we thank you you said the whole earth is filled with your glory god we want to see it with our eyes god being filled with your glory Thank you for this day. We bless every person here in Jesus' name. And say amen. Amen. Well, if you've got children, grab a hold of them, all right? Thanks, guys. Have a great week.